Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Hilly Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're feeling good. How are you, Brad? I'm great, man. I had a good week in the gym this week, so I feel really, really good. Oh, great. I have a question for you. Sure. This, this, you have no idea. You, you could stand here until the cows come home, as they say, and not expect this question. I like this part of the show. For those of you who think this show is scripted, I love that we don't tell each other what the opening segments are going to be. Um, and I, yeah, I love this part of it. So this episode is dropping on President's Day. Who is your favorite president? <laughs> speechless. The host is speechless. Um, so this is going to be, wow. Mm-hmm. This is great radio. I don't know that I have one. Okay. Because I don't know that I am much of a politics, U.S. history type of guy. Sure. Um, in my lifetime, I cannot tell you a favorite president in my no. 33 years on this planet. I could tell you a couple I don't like, but I can't tell you which ones I do. And I don't want to get into that on the show. We don't want to hurt our listenership. So don't, don't no, go down no. that road, please. My favorite president... Yeah. Um, I got nothing. Okay. Who's yours? Um, I'll go. Hopefully it doesn't get us canceled. I have no idea if he was a bad guy or not. I just like Teddy Roosevelt. Thought he was kind of cool. Read a book about him when I was young. It was the whole, uh, I forget the quote, walk softly, carry a big stick kind of thing. Don't like brag about yourself too much, which I feel like my father yelled at me about when I was a kid, which, you know, most kids do. So I'll go with that. I have no idea if he had other bad guy things that, you know, happen these days, but uh, we'll go with that. Sure. Scroll in a great list right now because that's what I need to do to give you an answer. I got one for you. And sure. and I am certainly going to edit this in post-production to cut this up. You know what? No, I'm not. My favorite president going by name alone. Name alone. Sure. Martin Van Buren. Final answer. Sure. Martin Van Buren. I was figuring you'd pick a guy from Buffalo, but here we are. He didn't. And uh, we went with Martin Van Buren. Did not see that question coming. And listeners, wow, did not see that question coming. <laughs> that would have been a good one to prep for. If the show was scripted, that would have been a good one to prep for. But alas, it is not, Matt. So let's get to segment one. Let's go. Matt, I want to talk about employee referral programs and client referral programs. I just recorded a great episode of Take the Stage with Rachel Arnold, where we talked about staffing referrals and getting candidate referrals and getting employee referrals. I had a great call today with a client who talked about their referral program. So right now, referrals are top of mind for me. What's interesting, Matt, is in my 150 calls in the last couple of months, 150 plus, no one has mentioned employee referrals. Yet, now that I'm on the wave, I'm wondering why it isn't a bigger 
opportunity for our industry. And what I'm learning, Matt, in, in just these few conversations I've had is one, you need to have the right process in place to make them effective. I don't think a lot of staffing firms do. Two, they might not be referable in the sense of you're not getting referrals because no one wants to refer you. And three, it's just not part of the system. It's not part of the process. But Matt, in your world of recruitment marketing, do you hear about candidate referrals and employee referrals? When I think of candidate referrals, I think placements come from three areas. They come from active candidates, they come from your database, and they come from referrals. And it needs to be part of that. I hear about them. You know, people are always asking for them. I don't think bonuses are usually high enough, but that's a it might be. A, I don't know if that's a separate conversation or not. Um, when you brought this topic up, I can actually touch on that. Let's stay on that wave. Okay, go. The the monetary value is not why people typically refer. It's because they are actually very passionate about the agency and want to help out a friend or a family member. Okay. The monetary part is the lowest part of the totem pole. Okay, that's good to know. the The part I think about is. They're not referrals and reviews aren't hot button topics. I feel like on that curve of time, we've probably reached past the middle. They're still very important, especially for Google reviews and local SEO and all that. But I feel like if you have a good process in place, you probably do it. And if you don't, you've kind of just punted on it. It it feels, I think the word I'm coming to mind is saturated. Like it's there. If you want it, great. If you don't, you're not going to do it. But I think where you're coming from, is it can still be a differentiator. We need candidates. Yes. We need clients. We need prospects. Why would we not ask individuals who love our services if they know anybody else that we can help? And Matt, I'll be honest, I do a lousy job of it at Haley. There are clients that I talk to on a daily basis and I'm rarely asking if they know anyone that I can assist. Right There are individuals who I talk to almost weekly that I text weekly from this great industry and I'm not asking them if there's anybody in their backyard that I could help or that I could talk to. Or, hey, have you told a friend about the podcast? Do you, have you told a friend about you know the content that I'm putting out or following me on LinkedIn? I don't, I don't ever ask for that. Maybe I should. So, so to your point, I, I think it's either A, your company has the process, your company does it, or B, your company doesn't have the process and you post jobs on Indeed and you hope for the best. But in 2024, Matt, I... I don't think we can be blind to any avenue or any opportunity to drive leads or application submittals. We need to be open to all of it. That that's kind of felt like where it's at. And it can be a differentiator. If I have great service, service is such a trite word, but something in, if I have a great story to tell, that can be the, the customer referral. That's all you need. And just, you know, repurpose that across your, your platforms on your website, on social, et cetera. And just, you know, share it. I think the you got something there, Brad. Is you got to ask because we aren't we're inclined to leave negative reviews, not positive reviews. Just human nature. It's how it, it it is. So if you keep asking and have a really good process for it, then then differentiate yourself to to get the job orders that everyone's struggling to get right now in quarter one, twenty twenty four, or maybe you can help you improve the quality of candidates because that's what I keep hearing. I talk to clients doing some product dev, and it's quality is not great. But what can we do to improve that? It's just a topic that I think is is on my mind right now. And I, I wish I had a better answer for listeners of Insights. If by the time this drops, we drop the episode with Rachel Arnold of Take the Stage, I would encourage you to listen to that because Rachel goes in depth into how to build out an employee referral program. Incredibly beneficial to all of our listeners. You got to have the right people in place. You got to have the right process in place. And ultimately, you just need to do it if you want to do it. But Matt, I just it, it was shocking to me 
typically with with episodes of insights, we bring topics where you know things come up a few times, right? I've heard now employer referrals two times just in the last day or two, so now we have to talk about it. We have a couple other segments that are coming up that are we're on this wave where we bring them to the show, and it's it was interesting to me that I haven't heard about a referral program in a few months, and now all of a sudden it's it's slapping me in the face, right? So friends, I would encourage you if you're not deploying an employee referral program or a client referral program, at least put some thought into what that might look like. And if you are, keep it up because uh, as we all look to differentiate ourselves in this great industry, it seems like it's low hanging fruit and it seems like there's not a lot of people doing it right now. Matt, let's talk about Indeed. You are the Indeed guy. You are the numbers guy at Haley Marketing. You texted me and said, Brad, I have some data that I want to bring to the show. What's on your mind, buddy? Looking back at this data we get from job boards and it just feel it I mean shockingly it's gotten more expensive i mean what has what hasn't gotten more expensive says the guy in the back of the room but when you look at it we have to understand what's going on and how if you're posting jobs on indeed how you can adjust because it feels like i wrote about it in the recruit marketing um, newsletter this month which you can sign up for on recruitmentmarketers.com um you know the mistakes staffing companies are made but we're seeing Conversion rates have gone down. Excuse me. Conversion rates have gone up 10%. What's that mean? Conversion rate is percentage of clicks that leads to an application. So Indeed is doing a better job, in theory, of serving your jobs to qualified candidates. But on the flip side of that, cost per clicks up over 50%. Cost per applications up 38%. So what can we learn from this? We see costs are going up. In your conversations, Brad, are you hearing costs are going up when you are you talking about job boards or recruitment with any of your clients, your prospects, or anybody you're talking to? You know, the interesting part, Matt, is is no one that I'm talking to is saying the costs are going up because they're locked into a contract. So they they should know that the cost per application, cost per click is going up, but it's still I'm giving indeed two thousand dollars a month. They're not looking at what that's equating to, which is a problem and a challenge that that I'm now unpacking as we talk. So when I, I look at this data, and we got to take a bigger picture view. This is where we can look at the tactics and not just complain, oh, my costs are going up, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's if you're getting, if your costs are going up, it's time to really look at, I think, I think it's time to look at your job count and to think about that. Because sometimes if you're, we're, well, let's put this all together. We're hearing job orders are down across the industry. People don't have as many jobs. If they are keeping the same budget or increasing their budget, their jobs to budget ratio is changing. So let's take an example. You Simple example. If you have $1,000 a month and you used to have 10 jobs, $100 per job, it's not specifically, but you know, rougher, give or take. If I now have a $1,000 budget and five jobs, I have $200 a job. There's a finite number of people looking for five jobs and there's a finite number of people looking for 10 jobs. There's going to be more job seekers if you post 10 jobs than if you post five jobs. You have more lines in the water or fewer lines in the water. We're overpaying for our clicks is one potential consequence of what's going on when we put together job orders are down in the industry and we kept our budget the same or increased it because everything got more expensive. Can we change that though? With with companies like Indeed, we're we're contracted in mostly, aren't we? So with Indeed, it depends. Okay. With Indeed, if you're in a featured employer agreement, there are minimums for your monthly budget. 
um, based on your revenue size of your company. So there might be limits on the number of jobs. If you're not a featured employer on Indeed, there's no requirement or minimum for jobs, or there shouldn't be. If they're telling you there is, talk to me because we can educate. So I, I hate to see companies just wasting the money because their job orders went down and they didn't really think about the math that's going into this. So my big takeaway is if your job orders are going down, look at your costs, look at your cost per click. And if it's going up and you're not getting the results you want, take a step back and maybe, maybe reduce that budget. No one hates spending money worse than me, uh, more than me in, in a lot of areas. And, and Matt, you're, you're speaking a lot of truth right now. And I hope if you're listening, possibly take a pause and rewind and listen to, to Matt's run again about the breakdown of if you have fewer jobs and you're having the same budget, what that does to your business. Because that's important and that's impactful. And if we are wasting money to drive the same or worse results, we need to drastically evaluate that. And, and Matt, I will tell you, on every single call that I've been a part of, Money is a conversation starter and a conversation finisher. And that's not with prospects. That's with current clients. That's with just friends in the industry. That's in just looking at marketing and recruitment marketing budget. A number is always thrown around, right? We don't have infinite money to throw into marketing and we don't have infinite money to throw into recruitment marketing. But if you are wasting money in one hand and you're not taking advantage of that in another well, then you're you're drastically hurting yourself, right? If we're overpaying in one spot and we could be doing something else in another, we should be looking at that very, very strategically and meticulously. And Matt, I would assume in your world, the best staffing companies are looking at that meticulously. You have to be proactive with what's going on. It's not, oh, we set this at the beginning of the year. It's our budget for the year. We're not going to adjust. The, the market moves so fast. I mean, job orders have went on a roller coaster in the last 12 to 24 months. And if you're not, you don't have the expertise of someone in your office or you're not consulting with someone that has that expertise, you're probably going to be wasting money. So you have to be proactive with it and understand when all these different levers and you know cost per click goes up or down, conversion rate goes up and down, cost per application goes up and down. Like what does all those combinations mean? And it can be overwhelming and you hopefully don't just throw your arms up and say it is what it is because they're are the right solutions to understanding those combinations to get the results you're hoping for and you're not wasting money because the staffing industry, I don't know if you'd say it's struggling, but it's it's watching and it's it's super uncertain. So when expenses are watched, you got to make sure we adjust those expenses for the right reasons. Matt, if someone has a question, let's say Brad at Brad Staffing Firm doesn't know if they're overspending. They don't know if they're underspending. They don't know where to get started. They just know they're cutting a check to a, an, uh, an organization like Indeed every month and they're not sure the impact they're getting, how can they get a hold of you for support? Shoot me a LinkedIn message and we'll, we'll chat. That's the simplest way. You can send me an email to mlozar at haleymarketing.com. But LinkedIn has worked great. We've talked to a bunch of companies before in the past and we just have a conversation, look at the data and, and chat. Matt, I want to talk about calls to action and I want to talk about making sure that every post has a purpose and making sure every page has a purpose. Because again, this is the wave I'm on this week. And I'm seeing time after time after time, traffic is not being funneled the right way or not strategically the right way. Friends, if you're unsure what a call to action is, in marketing sense, it is 
quite literally telling somebody looking at your contents, your video, your social post, your email, whatever it might be, what to do next. You are giving them a call to action, right? It is great that somebody reads your blog article. It's great that someone opens your email newsletter. It's great that you might be watching this video on LinkedIn right now, but that doesn't pay your bills as a staffing and recruiting firm. You get paid by putting great people to work and great opportunities. We need to drive that traffic somewhere through a call to action. What do you want that person to do? Matt, I feel like as I look at a lot of websites and a lot of people throughout the industry, and I talk to people at associations and conferences and I I audit websites, we're sort of operating in a sense where we expect the individual to know what to do next. And they don't. And we need to tell them what to do next. Thoughts? You're you're talking to the wrong guy here. And I'm going to say why. You're right. But a little behind the curtain, Matt Lowe's our struggles with the 101 sometimes. And where you're coming from is... I just assume everybody knows the 101 because you're in it every day. But here's where I'm coming from. If you're on your staffing agency website, if you're posting to your social, wherever your content is, if it's in an email that you're sending out, you're engrossed in that every single day you know that you're working. You know, hey, I sent out this email that says hot jobs. Why doesn't Brad understand that he should just click on this link without me telling it to him simply right in his face and smacking it on his forehead so he sees it in the mirror? That's what you're getting at. You have to take the step back and say, okay, it's almost like an MVP. I've been on this MVP kick lately, most you know, viable product, basically. Minimum, minimum viable product, right? Minimum. That's the word. I, I was like, it's not LVP because that sounds terrible. Minimum viable product. So what do you need in there that's the easiest? And then build it out. If you're sending out a hot jobs email, if you're sending out a, a prospects email for, for sale, you know, schedule a meeting, learn more, click here. That's where I think we have to think about to just make it super, super simple so people can't miss the call to action. Let, let me give you a good example here. So working with a client who had an email newsletter with Haley Marketing, great individual, actually one of my favorite people to talk to. The goal of their newsletter as of three or four months ago was to increase readership of content. That was the goal. They had a great blog. They wanted to get more eyeballs on it. That's the tactic we deployed and said, okay, we're going to send this to candidates so they read the content you're creating. Had a call last week saying, Brad, no one is applying to jobs through my newsletter. So I opened it up and I looked at it and I very distinctly and clearly on the phone, and I have a good relationship with this individual so so I can be a little blunt. I said, there's no button in the newsletter where someone can take direct action to apply. How How would you expect them to apply from your newsletter? Now, Again, great person and and actually a friend of the show. So probably listening to this and that's okay. Great friend of the show. Great friend of mine. We need to make it super easy for those applicants who don't want to read content to apply. Now, now yes, there are calls to action in the articles that might funnel someone over to apply, but that's too far down the line, Matt. We need to reduce friction. We've talked about Amazon thousands of times. Reduce friction, make it so easy for someone to take action that they have to take action. The newsletter didn't have a button that said apply now or view jobs or or learn more. That's why no one is applying to jobs through the newsletter. Now we can make that easy change. And and in fact, I think we already have made that change. But 
we need to make sure that the calls to action align with our goals and align with what we're trying to achieve. And Matt, to your point, maybe that is 101 type stuff, right? You expect something just to kind of work. But in my world, I obsess over things like that because I have to and I want to. That's fun for me. There's a reason you should try different types of content. Where I'm going with that is sometimes this could be LinkedIn, I'm thinking of, and this could be with email. The simple text post, the simple text email might work. There's no fluff. There's no anything. It's Brad Staffing Agency sending something to Matt. Hey, looking for a new job? You know, Want to work, pay more? Click here for jobs. Done. Have a nice day. And I'm not saying change your entire content strategy to do that, but mix it in. See what works. Test and measure. So sometimes that works really well. And that's that's the the simplistic version of adjusting the email Brad's talking about that needs you know some user design change, UX change, and to have a button on there or some or to click to make it easier to hopefully get the results they're desiring. So reducing that friction's important in making it simple for someone to convert and help you reach your business goal. Yeah. And and friends, just to to bring it full circle here with what Matt alluded to, what I said, in anything that you do, we need to assume the person on the other end of that medium, email, phone call, social post, whatever, doesn't know the action you want them to take. How do you make it so easy for them to take the action? How do you tell them what to do through a strategic call to action. I would encourage you, if you're not getting the results you want from whatever it is you're deploying, look at the call to action. Are you funneling people the right way, the most efficient way? And if you're not, let's start there. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a question for us, you could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators and be sure you tell them that Insight sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. See you next time.